Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And this week, we discuss the two players that were picked in the draft and the handful that weren't, but may still make a team and then start in week one and win a Super Bowl like Jamar. Yay. Hell yeah. That's what's going to happen, right? Yes. Oh, I mean, we all know Jamar is the next Tom Brady. Uh, he's going to have a 24-year career and win 17 Super Bowls with Bill Belichick, um, who will eventually die um, being killed <laughs> winning a Super Bowl, as is tradition for him. Anyway, this got surprisingly dark uh, hey, early. Dave, please cut <laughs> this. It- is it surprising at this point anymore? No. I don't know. Hey, I'm just happy we had like an actual live sports thing happening. <laughs> that was nice. Um, yeah. Now I don't know what the next one will be for the foreseeable future, but uh, we had bring one. it back down. Yeah. <laughs> so who knows what we're doing next week, but this week we have a live sports thing to talk about. We do. And we'll milk it for all it's worth. At that live sports event on day three and round four, this happened. With the 138th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Legarius Sneed, defensive back, Louisiana Tech. That's right. Before Amik, Legarius Sneed was picked by the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, be, be honest. Did anybody have this? Matt, you weren't here last week, so we know me and Nathan didn't have it and Josh didn't, but what about you? Did you foresee Sneed going before Amik? Not going before Amik, no. I knew that Sneed would be drafted because he had really upped his stock whenever he ran his 40. And for reasons that I've yet to truly understand, I guess I need to go talk to the Davis family that own the Raiders, which we'll get to later. But this emphasis on speed in the NFL, I mean, a lot of teams are going with really fast players. I, I don't know what the mindset used to be. I don't know if you used to go for the biggest and strongest, but now it's this insane emphasis on smaller, faster players at almost any position on the field you look at Tyreek Hill for the Chiefs is a good 5.8 uh, runs like a four negative four second supersonic speed <laughs> uh, and there's just Sneed whenever he his 40 time came out I don't know if we discussed this previously but I'm pretty sure we did it that upped his stock significantly so I knew he'd be drafted but yeah no way I didn't foresee him being picked before him yeah, that that actually transitions really well. Um, obviously, as we just heard, he was drafted 138th overall in the fourth round by the Kansas City Chiefs, Matt's uh, hometown team there. And their scout, Willie Davis, said, if you look at what the AFC West is doing, they're trying to get fast. Instead of stopping our offense, they're trying to score points with us. So it's important that we get faster on defense. And I think we've done a great job with this draft. Legarius is just helping with that. So they were really impressed by his size, uh, but also his speed and athleticism, uh, like we've been saying. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think if he had if he had run like a four four five or a four five or something slow, like I mean, slow. That's like probably double yeah, my speed. But... <laughs> You're still running. It's been weeks. If he was like in the towards the bottom of the barrel in terms of cornerbacks, I don't, he wouldn't have I mean, he may not have been drafted at all. Yeah. So that four, three, seven is the difference between, you know, him. I mean, literally now he's going to make what, at least a million dollars on his, 
on his first contract, right? So, uh, you know, I don't know how it works. Yeah, it's more than league minimum, though. I would think if Patrick Mahomes is only making like seven hundred and fifty thousand this year, which is about to change, uh, oh, wow. I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know how incentives work and signing bonuses work, but Snead is. I mean, I watch the uh, Zoom phone call that Snead received from Andy Reid, Steve Spagnolo, defensive coordinator, and uh, Clark Hunt, who owns the team, and uh, El Presidente, mm-hmm. Mark Donovan. And they hyped him up big time. Like Spagnola had his finger up, like you were our number one guy, our number one guy, which I don't really understand what that means in the context of the conversation because they picked him in the fourth round. My sense from that was that Spagnola was just kind of saying like he noticed him. He's the defensive coordinator, right? So he right. said, he, and he kind of targeted Snead as like a, a sleeper in the draft and really wanted to pick him up if if the timing was right, you know? It was. It was perfect timing. Yeah, and and like we kind of thought, we thought he would go maybe fifth, sixth round, but you know they took him earlier. There could have been buzz from other teams. Who knows? But yeah, they they really really liked his speed um, and he, his size. Uh, yeah, Willie time. Davis, the scout, also said about Snead specifically, uh, you have a long, fast kid with really good ball skills. He's really smart and understands how to play the position. He plays press. He's a long, big kid that can get up in the face of wide receivers and play press corner. And he has the instincts and knowledge to play off the ball as well. So on top of that, the the defensive back coach, Sam Madison, was extremely excited. There's a video out there. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, where and, yeah. and he was really excited about the fire Snead plays with. And a lot of people have been sharing a video of Snead. Uh, I think it was against UTSA. He just like straight up pushes a wide receiver down yeah, off the ball yeah. and then pick sixes it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he, he's got some really, really good tape out there. And I think, you know, for us tech fans, like we were watching probably the best corner to play at tech that we've ever, you know, the best right. college corner, at least in a meek. And so Snead was, was very, very good at cornerback the past few years too. And he's got the, the size and the measurables that the NFL uh, scouts love. So Matt, Matt, you're there in Kansas city. What sense are you getting from fans around there? I saw some, uh, Twitter GMs <laughs> were pretty unhappy with the pick, but have you gotten a different sense from people actually in Kansas city? Well, a couple of things. One, Sam Madison is my new favorite coach for the chiefs because he green screened himself in front of a tropical <laughs> Island sunset or something uh, during the draft, which I thought was <laughs> completely hilarious. Yeah, he went with uh, Andy Reid's uh, Hawaiian shirt, to- yeah, <laughs> Tommy Bahama theme. <laughs> so that was really cool. As far as getting a a feel for how the pick was uh, received here in the city, uh, it's kind of impossible given the fact that we're all trapped inside our houses. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, but since I share a house with my wife, and the only people that we go see on the weekends are her mother-in-law, aunt, two female cousins, female sister, and two female dogs, who <laughs> none of which watch the games except maybe the dogs with me when I come over. <laughs> uh, they haven't really been receptive to it uh, because they don't care. But I know beat writers for the Chiefs, uh, and I know the people that are like considered the super fans and what have you on Twitter. And yeah, there were a lot of people that were disappointed, but I would say the overall feeling was confusion. A lot of people didn't really think that the Chiefs needed a lot of depth at corner. The starting safeties are Juan Thornhill, who's coming off a torn ACL in the last game of the uh, season against the Chargers that your boy was at. And they have Tyron Matthew, who <laughs> is younger who? than me, so he's going to be around for a while. At corner, okay, this is where things 
get interesting. This upcoming season, they'll have three players in the secondary with similar sounding names. They'll have Charvarius, Legarius, and Thacarius all in the secondary <laughs> wow. this year. The uh, the Arius <laughs> yeah. theme going on there. Yeah, someone on uh, Twitter called it the Age of Aquarius. <laughs> um, That's much better than anything I was I, trying to think of. Yeah. Yeah. The age, the age of Aquarius, which I thought was great. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the general consensus, I would say, with Fusion, um, I think a lot of people who use Twitter are stupid, like 87% yeah. of the internet. And people don't really know. I mean, I'm biased, obviously. I'm a tech fan. Duh. I'm going to root for the guy no matter what, even if he only plays like four snaps a year on special teams. But right. uh, I think Legarius is going to come in and he's going to be an instant contributor on special teams. I think he'll play almost every special team snap this rookie year. And I think he'll come in on certain situations. I think he'll be used as the nickel on most defensive packages. He's not going to be a starting corner on the team. That's Brashad Breland and Traverius Ward. But uh, I see him coming in for nickel being a heavy contributor on special teams. I kind of wouldn't be surprised if he uh, took some chance at punt return or kick returner in the preseason, but I did not see a lot of positive reaction. <laughs> on Twitter about Legarius. I didn't see overwhelmingly negative. It's just, it's a confusing pick, but I think it's a great pick. Yeah. And I think, I think the coaches points about trying to get faster on defense to keep up with what the rest of their division is trying to do offensively. I think that's why the pick makes a lot of sense. And for what it's worth, the, uh, a, I think it's their SB nation blog arrowhead pride gave the pick a B uh, one of their yeah. writers gave it a B plus. So right. um, it's not all negative, but yeah, a lot of people on Twitter were saying that they wanted to pick Bryce Hall, Bryce another Hall. quarterback, yeah, yeah. who I had to look up, but he he went to Virginia and ended up going 158th overall to the Jets. So there were a lot of Bryce Hall stands on Twitter. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it was everybody was uh, just overwhelmingly people were like, "Oh, Bryce Hall still on the board. Bryce Hall still on the board." It was like a I don't even know. I mean, Bryce Hall was a second team All American uh, two years ago, but I I don't know if it was a uh, off-field trouble he was having or an injury he had that kind of got him to drop so far yeah i mean i really think it's just Chiefs fans getting him confused with dante hall and being, oh wait no we need that guy <laughs> yeah dante hall the main reason i'm glad bryce hall is being brought up right now because i went and looked at his draft profile and kind of combining those two points about kansas city scouts saying that legerius was drafted based on his ability to run quickly Bryce Hall's draft profile, his biggest weakness lists basically his backpedal and transition into covering deep routes down the field, mostly contributed by his speed. Mm. Well, that's kind of important. Kind of important for the NFL. Yeah. And that's not to say that he's not a good player or that he won't make sure. it in the NFL. But if you're a team saying we need a cornerback to cover speedy receivers, you're not going to take Bryce Hall with that pick. You're going to take Ladarius Sneed or someone who fits that description. But Bryce Hall does not. Right. No, he doesn't. And uh, this is actually, I think, a good transition into talking about the second player taken off the board. But the Chiefs went for speed, and that's why Legarius went in front of Amik. But interestingly enough, it would be Amik that would be picked immediately after Legarius to an AFC West rival. Yeah, that was probably my favorite part was they were still talking about the Hawaiian shirt and then down <laughs> at the bottom of the screen it has the pick is in and flashes Amik Robertson and so you're still freaking out about Legarius Sneed and there goes Amik to Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, they I, I watched an awful lot of draft when I could have just caught like two minutes of it and seen everything <laughs> I wanted to see. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I 
I got really excited on Friday night because I had watched the entire third round hoping that Amik would get taken. And then my team, the Saints, come in with the second to last pick. They trade up. And uh, and everybody's been saying that they, you know, they need corner help. They need corner help. And so I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> and then they took uh, like a tight end or something. I don't remember. That, but, that was a, um, it was a tight end. It was <laughs> tight end from Dayton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. Uh, anyway, I'm sure he's fine or whatever. But I was like, God, Saints, you just, yeah, you, you got my hopes up. And then you crushed him right back down. But uh, yeah, Amik went immediately after the Raiders. Um, and, you know, I think, I personally think it's a great fit. What What about you, Nathan? Yeah, I before the draft, I had Amik going to the Raiders. Yeah, that yeah. was your hot take last week. So yeah. congrats. I, I missed on Malik Stanley getting a draft pick, but I got Amik going to Vegas, even if it was in the wrong round. But before he was picked, let's listen to Amik getting that call from John Gruden. Hey, Amit. Yes, sir. It's John Gruden with the Las Vegas Raiders, man. How's it going? I'm good. Hey, you healthy? Yes, sir. You want to play for us? Yes, sir. We got we to get somebody in here with some juice, man. Are you that guy number 21 <laughs> I'm watching? Some juice. No doubt about it. All right, man. Are you fired no up? No doubt about it. Yes, sir. We're going to pull the, we're gonna pull the trigger and make you a Las Vegas Raider. Congratulations, Amit. Yes, sir. All right, man. You ready to roll? All right. That's what I want to hear, man. We're going to pull the trigger. Congratulations. Oh, man. Wasn't expecting to cry on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Straight from that juice to thank you, coach, in tears. Yeah. I want to just say that, uh, with first of all, John Gruden, he may be, I still think he's an awful head coach. <laughs> But uh, John Green has like that personality. It, I just really enjoy listening to. Him. He has like yeah. a real. He has like a real zeal for the game. He loves the game of football. He has a deep appreciation for players like Amik, who may not have gone a top tier program, but who are just just great players. And that's something I've always really liked about John Gruden. And I think that we all love Amik. We all knew he was going to the NFL. Uh, but uh, if you guys saw him on Twitter, it seemed like, I don't know, maybe I'm looking too far into this, but he was kind of surprised himself that he didn't go sooner. Yeah. And if, if you listen to Mel Kuyper and those guys uh, talk about him, if you haven't heard that clip yet, definitely go find that on Twitter. I mean, they're just gushing about him for like two minutes and saying how if he didn't have the hip injury or the groin injury or whatever it was, he would have been way off the board by now. And, you know, we, we just heard John Gruden ask him if he was healthy. But yeah, I, I agree about John Gruden. I mean, I just we got to get somebody in here with some juice, man. You know, what's you that guy? <laughs> like, oh, I just love it. I love it. That's great stuff. <laughs> And when Amik gets the call, it's one thing, but at the end of it, where he's breaking down in tears with his family. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Is, uh, it's a, it's a real tear. I mean, he's just got like full on tears falling from yeah. his eyes when he's, when he's saying, yes, sir, you know, that yeah. he wants to play and, oh man, it, it's moving. And like you said, I mean, this is like, it's not only his dream coming true, right? Like in that moment, we get to watch it and share that with him, but it's Which like awesome. all of his hard work, you right. know, has has come to fruition and paid off. And, you know, so for everyone who's, who gets drafted, it's really special, but even for a guy like that, right. He, 
he's always kind of played the underdog, right? Even though he's an All-American, he's great. He's amazing at cornerback. People are still doubting him and telling him he can't do it and because he's too short or too whatever, right? But, right. you know, there he goes and he gets drafted. And, I mean, I guess we'll talk about our, our feelings about the fit later, but I – I can't imagine. I'd rather him be on the Saints, obviously, but like it feels like a good fit. So yeah, that short stature is really the the only concern anyone really had. The Las yeah. Vegas Review Journal gave the pick a B overall rating. Again, liking his physicality and heart, but expressing doubts about his size. Fans from I would say Raider Nation, <laughs> but they just I guess relocated their empire. They were pretty ecstatic about that juice that Amik plays with. Oh yeah, having a young cornerback. Uh, to come in and play that nickel corner position, which is where Amik seems to be slotted to go. The Raiders SB Nation blogger said that he loves that pick more than some of his own family members and called it a home run, <laughs> which is probably the biggest what? thumbs up you can give to a thing. Yeah, yeah and I saw tons say. of Raiders fans on Twitter. I mean, complete opposite of Sneed. Right. Every single tweet I saw was like, this Overjoyed. kid is amazing. I had watched his tape a week ago and I wanted the Raiders to get him, you know? So there were a bunch of people like quote tweeting their own tweets from before the draft <laughs> saying like, please pick a meet, you know, it was like, so that's refreshing to see that he's going to be, you know, well-liked and, and received well. Cause it's kind of like, we're sending one of our special people out <laughs> into the world. And we're like, you know, it sucks to see Sneed getting doubted by people who are supposed to be his new fans. Right. Um, but with a he doesn't have that problem at least now which can lead to other problems right if he doesn't deliver sure they'll but, be they'll be more upset with yeah. him than they will be with sneed in kansas city but not a lot of pressure on him though or sneed i would say because they're late third round draft pick i don't think that there's a title wave of pressure on them which is good they can just go in focus on their game and play ball and surprise a lot of people yeah and amig also mentioned the fact that he may be able to get challenged and line up against someone like tyreek hill that's i guess on sneed's new team but now a division rival for the raiders I'm going to be there with a single tear trickling down my eye when the Raiders and Chiefs play and Sneed and Amik swap jerseys. Oh my God. Is it too late to quickly make the NFL and do like a a (laughs) three-way trade with jerseys? (laughs) Just to get one of their jerseys. And as far as our thoughts about that fit with the team, I think even if Vegas didn't need the cornerback help, Amik was probably the best player available at pick 139. Oh yeah. At least on our list he was, and he was number two. He was fifth on or was he number two he was number two on mel kuyper's board at the time okay wow and he had been in that position for a while number one by the way was the quarterback jake Fromm. i had initially thought that amik would go to the raiders like i said due to their need in that cornerback position and their multitude of third round picks so even though he fell to the fourth round and the raiders took a different cornerback at 19 overall i kind of thought it was less likely he'd end up on the raiders i was doubting myself and i should have known i was correct the whole time <laughs> but uh damon arnett that first round pick he was considered a bit of a reach in round one i think the nfl draft tracker actually had him with a worse draft grade than Amik. Oh, wow. <laughs> interesting. Come on. And he, he also plays a different style, right? Amik is traditionally that nickel corner size-wise and play style-wise. Damon Arnett is expected to be out there in one of their two starting cornerbacks, especially when you look at what Vegas has out there at the cornerback position beyond them. This is a horrible way to grade a position unit, but I took a look at the Madden ratings for those other players since I didn't want to pay for a PFF access or anything else. At the end of the year, so they rate the the players each week, so you can go up or down depending on how they play. So this isn't even a preseason rating for these guys. The highest cornerback rating for a Raiders player last year was 75, um, which is 
Interesting. A number 60 or 65, somewhere in that range, cornerback as their number one. And that guy is currently a free agent. So, And their next guy, the guy who's expected to line up against uh, Damon Arnett, is around a 73 rating in Madden. Again, those are moderately arbitrary, but it's not like Vegas has two solid cornerbacks to go in against and compete with these guys for starting roles either. And I just kind of skimmed their, their blog, the SB Nation blog, and it basically sounded like they're expecting him to come in and contribute pretty much right away. I mean, even though he is a fourth round pick, but they're expecting to have a pretty young secondary moving forward and hope that Amik will be a part of that right away. And I just love the fit because, I mean, I guess the Raiders haven't been good for a while, but to me, they have this kind of like this identity of like swagger, right? And so even though they haven't been good, like they probably want to get back to that. Like uh, John Gruden's talking about juice and Amik like embodies that. So I could easily see him being like a leader in that, in that defense to get back to that mentality, to get back to that play style that they used to have. And the fans already love him from watching his tech highlights, you know? So I, I think it, it couldn't be a better fit in terms of like the, the style and identity um, that they want to project and that Amik is i just think that uh everything you said is completely on the money there's something about a meek and the way he carries himself and fitting right into the the culture the the raiders have or have at least cultivated during their time in oakland and los angeles not really sure what that new fan base is going to be like in vegas but i don't know how much of that raider nation black hole from the alameda county coliseum is going to make its way over to allegiant field but I do know more superficially that I'm really excited to see a meek in the classic silver and black uh, wearing 21 because 21 is available for him to wear. Uh, and uh, no one has claimed that yet. And I'm hoping that since it has not been issued to a player uh, on the active roster, that Amik will be donning his 21, which is going to be really cool. Yeah, that was the yeah. part of the Gruden call they cut out and demanding the 21 number or else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right after he starts crying <laughs> and accepting oh, by the, the way. position, he's like, 21 or, or no deal. <laughs> 21 maybe, or I won't. Maybe that's why he was yeah. crying because Gruden had actually <laughs> offered him 21 and that's what he was crying called. And uh, not to draw any comparison, uh, but you know who else wore 21 and was pretty good at corner? Deion Sanders. Neon Deion. Amik is better than Deion Sanders is what you're saying. (laughs) Or at least equal to. (laughs) Or at least comparable. Sure. Yeah. Neon Deion. (laughs) So the NFL draft took, what was it, four hours on Thursday night, three or four hours on Friday night, uh, another four hours-ish, maybe a little longer than that, on Saturday. So... So a good good 10, 12 plus hours of draft and the two tech players were taken within the same 90 second period. (laughs) Made it easy for us. Well, actually it doesn't make it easy. We had to keep watching. (laughs) Because you never know. (laughs) And some guys who didn't quite get drafted, but are able to find their way to NFL teams via undrafted free agent contracts. Uh, Courtney Wallace and J-Mart are heading to Foxborough to become Patriots. Which is shocking in my opinion, that like a Jay Martian is on his way to New England. I mean, look, I I like Jay Mar. I'm sure he's a really I'm sure he's a great guy. Was never really sold on him being the quarterback because he put up largely pedestrian, if not subpar numbers, even if he was the offensive player of the year by default. Uh, I can't By default. I can't. <laughs> there are other guys. Challenge you on that. He, he wasn't running unopposed. 
<laughs> sure he was. He was the only Conference USA offensive player this year, so yes. obviously. He wasn't even the only quarterback on the team. No, he just won by <laughs> default. Everyone else felt bad and dropped out, so... Uh... <laughs> was suspended for two games uh, don't bring up suspension and jmr we're still pretty sore about that uh, part of the patriot way now oh there you go oh god oh god <laughs> we should have known this would happen yeah <laughs> that's what bill belichick's like sitting there i mean he's okay but and then someone leans over and is like he was suspended for two games bring him in <laughs> book it oh man get a limit it would have been funny if you had Ended up a Raider since Vega was was mad about that two game suspension too. <laughs> uh, but that would have been funny. Jamar uh, before the draft, uh, Newman's GM had said they were going to add a third QB, uh, but it would be after the conclusion of the draft. And uh, pff, I mean, if I'm a New England fan, I certainly didn't expect Jamar's name to be uh, bounced around. But what I find most interesting is that Belichick, for all his Palpatine esque uh, personality quirks. Uh, had said that they had spoken to Jamar beforehand, which means they must have been keeping tabs on her for some time. It's just really interesting to think that Belichick is sitting uh, in the Death Star at his throne thinking to himself, this is the guy I want to come in and be uh, a contributor to our football team. I think that that's nuts. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, I thought it was interesting that he went to the Patriots I mean, Mark Daniels of the Providence Journal, which uh, he's the beat writer for the Patriots up in Rhode Island, I guess, said that the Patriots were one of eight teams trying to get Jamar um, after the draft ended. Uh, so that I would be really interested to know who the other teams are, because I think that gives Jamar and his agent pretty much free reign to decide where he wants to go. Well, where I'm struggling is believing that 25% of the NFL wanted Jamar Smith to be on their roster. That's where I'm struggling. Not on their roster. Well, yeah. they're they're 90 man pre OTA roster anyway, but roster I, I mean, nonetheless. To me, I mean the the choice that Jamar made, if if that's true, if there were eight teams trying to sign him, I think it's the obvious choice because for one thing, it's Bill Belichick, right? I mean, we can talk about him being the evil uh, dark lord all we want, but like the dude wins, right? Yeah, there, was, so, there was a reason he got that Death Star built. There yeah. It is. We, <laughs> Would you, uh, would you not want to go like potentially become that guy's quarterback? Like, how could you not want to do that? And, you know, I think everyone was pretty surprised, even though, like Matt said, their GM said they weren't going to draft a QB necessarily, but I, I was certainly surprised they didn't take one in the draft with so many available, but, um, yeah, they, they add Jamar and they've only got two guys on the roster from last year. Uh, one is a second year player in Jarrett Stidham. Uh, the other is career backup, Brian Hoyer, who, uh, is a former Browns starter, but you know, so is everybody. He's been in the Patriot system for a while though. He's bounced, yeah. bounced through there a couple of times. So those two guys backed up uh, Florida man Tom Brady last year. Pompa but, Bay. <laughs> but Ew. then they uh, then they added Jamar and also added Michigan State quarterback uh, Brian Lewerke as undrafted free agents. So, I mean, it's not a shoo-in that'll make the roster, but I mean, I love those odds for Jamar, like being that third guy, uh, maybe a practice squad guy, but it, it doesn't feel like a situation where, oh, they've got six quarterbacks, so he's just there to... <laughs> you know 
fill up fill up the 90 man roster for OTAs and then he'll get cut before camp. So hopefully, you know, he, he has a real shot to compete for a job, I think here, uh, as one of the backups. I, if he, and this is, I need to get this out here, uh, in our GTPDD chat, I had said that if Jamar leads the Patriots to the playoffs within the next four seasons, I will personally get a Jamar jersey, wear it, and fly to Boston to attend said playoff. Uh, I just want yes, to get that out. And we are I, holding you to that. Yes, I just want to get that verbally confirmed for everyone to hear. Uh, do I think it's going to so happen? So when Jamar wins his fifth Super Bowl with the Patriots, <laughs> in what four, are you doing then? In four years? <laughs> <laughs> Somehow reverses time. Uh, look, I don't think Jamar has a chance to make the active roster. I, don't, I didn't know that they were bringing in that uh, Michigan State QB until – today it was uh, like they're he's he's their 90th player on their 90-man roster right so. so but i don't know the inner wranglings of the nfl and how it works but the fact that jamar was signed immediately after the draft and it seems like belichick had his name circled uh, as a potential third qb i think speaks to the chance that like Evan said, he could potentially be the third guy. I don't think the Patriots are going to carry three QBs on the roster. I don't think any team does that more. I think they leave them on the practice squad. But well, the Saints do, but they do it a little a different, a little different. I, I don't think Jamar is a Taysom Hill character well, myself. But if Jamar does make practice squad, I think that that's awesome because I didn't think I th- I just said in the chat. The day he got signed, I was like, he knows his football career is over. I didn't even think that he was actively pursuing an NFL gig. So I was kind of caught off. I mean, I said he was the the future Fujitsu Frontiers X-League champion, (laughs) Jamar Smith, last week. So, you know, yeah, I I think surprised, but I'm very hopeful. And given the situation that he's finding himself in, you know, even if he's only there for the offseason, I mean, getting to learn from Belichick and be in that room and it's it's not nothing. Right. So very happy for Jamar. Yeah. Um, And hopefully he can make the best of the opportunity. I don't want to I want to clear something up. Jamar, if you're listening and we know that you aren't because you're in the NFL now, but he's forgotten all of all of Louisiana Tech. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Left it all behind. I am super appreciative of everything he did while he was at Tech. I was never blown away by him, but I would never talk ill. I want him to succeed. If he becomes, albeit unlikely, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, you guys know that I'll support that. We all will. We'll be hype. But uh, I don't. I don't see that happening, but I'm really happy for him because now he gets a chance to prove people like me wrong. And also, like we mentioned, Courtney Wallace, defensive tackle, is also heading to the Patriots. He had a lot of injuries in his time at Tech, and so if he can avoid that, maybe his size can carry him on to yeah. that same practice roster. I don't know a lot about the. I mean, I don't know a lot about the Patriots because Tom Brady doesn't play there anymore. But uh, it's cool for it's cool for him to get a chance like that too. Yeah, I mean, he showed flashes at Tech. I, I think this past season he had like 40 tackles, eight tackles for loss, and maybe two or three sacks. But like I put in the notes, he, he just had so many injuries that kind of plagued him. And, you know, but he's like 6'1", 305, and can, can still move pretty quick and get after it. So, you know, hopefully he can get in uh, to an NFL strength and conditioning program, whatever that looks like right now, obviously. And, uh, and you know, may, obviously they saw flashes of something that they liked or they wouldn't have, you know, paid him however little money they pay undrafted free agents. <laughs> Until they make it through camp. But um, yeah, so there was actually one more uh, signing so far. And to be clear, we're recording this on uh, Sunday evening. So if anybody else gets signed before you listen to this, we uh, we totally saw that coming. Um, 
But Bobby Holly, the fullback, uh, is going to the Chargers, which we did not even mention his name last week as a potential undrafted free agent. We mentioned about 15 other players. Uh, So I'm a little surprised, but the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. What what do you guys think about this? Uh, I don't really have a leg to stand on with this one. Uh, I didn't even really know who this was, to be quite honest with you guys. Oh, man. Offensive captain last year. Yeah, I really didn't know much about him beyond that. And I can't, like, (laughs) when I think to myself, oh, Bobby Holly, I think of really awful pro wrestler who kicked a guy in the face and broke his neck against Brock Lesnar. I don't really (laughs) think about the lot. Interesting. When you Google the name Bobby Holly, it auto-corrects it to Buddy Holly. (laughs) I was about to make that joke. (laughs) Dang. (laughs) I mean, it's not even a joke. It's true. It really does. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't like what I thought we were talking about the Weezer song. Yeah, I, I mean, I recognize his his name from the roster, but fullbacks as a position, right? It's like kickers to an extent. Like we spoke a lot about the Patriots earlier. They're instead of picking a quarterback in one of those rounds, they picked a kicker from Marshall. Who oh, we yeah. played Marshall. We played Marshall last year. <laughs> Evan and I were at that game. I had no idea we were watching a draft pick kick. I think he field missed a there. field goal too in that game so yeah but i I mean i i went and looked at the chargers depth chart and they don't have any fullbacks other than bobby holly currently in that 90 man so i mean maybe they're trying to run the big bone and bobby holly is certainly a great fit for the big bone so i mean he could be one of those guys that again it's when these guys are immediately signed as soon as the draft closes it leads me to believe that they had their name circled on some coach's clipboard and we're talking about during meetings uh, quite often. Uh, so it could be that guy that comes in there, plays a specific role that they specifically figured he would play. Yeah, and, and one thing about his his actual play at Tech, he, he was mostly a blocker and he's very good as a blocker, but he also ran the ball a few times in goal line situations and he can also run and catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, just anecdotally, I mean, he, he had a few touchdowns this past season so you know obviously like you said Matt the Chargers saw a skill set that they figured they might be able to develop into something they would want on the field so great for Bobby Holly and none of us saw this coming but I mean it's more power to him and we we hope he uh he makes the roster there yeah uh obviously we don't want to see anyone who got taken from tech uh fail uh, except me maybe with Jamar because that seems to be my modus operandi the past six seven months <laughs> but uh just kidding Jamar but I hope that he's extremely successful I mean there are you hear about these guys that go undrafted and then they make it to the pros and they end up being superstars it's a little early for us to say that any one of the guys taken undrafted will be a superstar but I think that uh, the three players taken and right now I think we're only up to three players taken as undrafted free agents from tech I think Bobby Holly probably has the best chance of making active 53-man roster. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that because it's such a niche role that if a team decides they want it, he, he's the only one there right now. So Right, exactly. And Los Angeles, the Chargers are trying to re- really rebrand themselves, not just with their new awful logo that they did this offseason, but Oof. with but with their... What is uh, it with Los Angeles teams and having bad logo redesigns? Yikes. But uh, they're trying to rebrand themselves. Uh, Philip Rivers is on his way out. 
playing Indianapolis now. He's been the QB there for 16 years. Uh, they got this new young quarterback they just drafted from Oregon, uh, Justin Herbert coming in. They're, it's going to be a lot of new young faces on that team. And I think that Bobby Holly is coming in the perfect situation, which is also a Weezer song. <laughs> and uh, he uh, could very well play an important role in this new offensive identity that Los Angeles is trying to forge. Out there playing in Beverly Hills. God damn it, Nathan. This is <laughs> something about an island in the sun. I don't know, uh, guys. It's <laughs> a great song. <laughs> on. Yeah, um, my name is Jonas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that song's on on Guitar Hero 3. I know it. Um, um, anyway, Bobby Holly, I think, will definitely uh, make the 53-man roster and be a contributor. At least that's what I'm betting. Yeah, I would I would agree with that honestly that he'll make the 53. I think Jamar will be practice squad. I don't think Courtney Wallace will will crack that roster just from their 18 or so undrafted free agents. There were a ton of defensive linemen in there. So, um I think Amik and Sneed are going to fit right in and be contributing at least on special teams in their rookie seasons. Um so I, I think overall it's a very good year for for tech prospects. Um, I think Amik's like play right away on defense. Yeah. I, he's not going to be a starting cornerback because technically you can only have two starting corners. But I absolutely think that Amik will take snaps on defense more so than Legarius might. I'm not sure yet, but I absolutely think Amik's going to have. I think he's going to have a tremendous first season. And yeah. For the record, my take is either Jarrett Stidham or Hoyer don't end up starting there, and Jay Marzara is a number two. I think Stidham is going to be their day one starter. I mean, I can see that. But... That'd be really cool, though, if Jay Mar's the backup. And then Stidham gets a concussion in the first game of the season against the Jets, and Jay Mar wins the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, so that that was it for tech players. Um, obviously, we've spent a lot of time just talking about those five, but I can't help but wonder what the lack of a pro day did. Uh, for all those tech players we talked about last week, you know, not to mention the rest of the conference. You know, we've got some other teams fans out there that didn't have their favorite player drafted or picked up. So it'll be interesting to see if more guys kind of get workout tapes out there like Amik did or or what and maybe get picked up after an OTA or if somebody gets injured or doesn't pass their physical or whatever. But I don't know. I mean, obviously, five players for a school like tech is is a lot uh, to be picked up the day after the draft, but it just felt like there were some guys that definitely, you know, were hurt by that. And uh, we saw right before hitting record that there are some teams that might still be interested in Malik Stanley. So Nathan had pegged him last week um, as a potential seventh rounder. Um, but uh, he, as of now, he hasn't signed with anyone. So hopefully there's still some, some teams out there looking for some tech players. I haven't really heard much outside of Malik about anybody else and getting a whiff. Yeah. Is there anybody you're, you're particularly surprised hasn't been called up yet? No, not at all. I was shocked that Jamar even got a, a call. I mean, much, <laughs> and obviously the other guys, um, I didn't peg either. Honestly, the only players I thought would even get any type of attention were Sneed and Amik. I'm shocked that anybody else did. Not saying that you guys weren't great players. Uh, just surprised right. that anybody else got a call. But it's awesome. Obviously, we love it. Yeah, so that brings us to the end of the show where we do the Tweet of the Week. And our Tweet of the Week this week goes to at JC stands for two underscores. Our good friend JC who tweeted, Roger Goodell called it Louisiana Lafayette. The debate is over, and <laughs> that started quite a bit of debate after 41 retweets and uh, 209 uh, likes. I, I noticed something about this draft is whenever an ESPN person 
was talking about a ULL player. They said Louisiana. Whenever an NFL person, they called it Louisiana Lafayette. Mm-hmm. So the NFL knows what's up, even more yeah. than just Roger Goodell, who we can dismiss <laughs> fairly easily. But as an organization, I think they just prefer to call it the correct name in Louisiana Lafayette. Hey, and that we can give credit where it's due. That's, you know, good on you, Goodell. I I just want to plug... I just want to plug my own tweet here. Uh, I, I quote tweeted JC's tweet <laughs> with the click hole, uh, the onion article from a few years ago called heartbreaking. The worst person, you know, just made a great point. <laughs> so uh, I chuckled every time I, I uh, am scrolling through our feed and see that. So I make myself laugh, which is really the only thing I can ask for at, uh, at this point. Oh boy. That and Jamar winning some Super Bowls. Yeah. JC also tweeted, Jamar is going to get six rings confirmed whenever it was broke that Jamar was signing with the Pats. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, we all know it. He's just saying what we all know, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that doesn't qualify for a tweet of the week because it's just so obvious. I guess the other one's obvious too, but I guess so. I just stop it. Yeah, but <laughs> all right. Well, gosh, if you want to win tweet of the week, just rag on ULL and get it retweeted a bunch of times, and you'll probably win it. Even though it's supposed to be CUSA, I, I well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog where we publish things throughout the year at gtpdd.dog. And a few things we've kind of forgotten to do the past few times, we have a voicemail set up that you can call in that we may use for future episodes. That's that's 13235-GO-TECH. And I don't feel like looking at what numbers those correspond to, but just look at your phone while you're dialing and you'll, <laughs> you'll get it. And one last thing, if you want to review us on iTunes or wherever else oh. the reviews podcast that would be great yeah i actually made a list this time of things i'm supposed to say before the show is over because i always forgot like comment and subscribe yeah like comment subscribe smash that follow button uh (laughs) what else is there i don't know we're really pushing to get that sponsorship rust ease from the movie cars are we (laughs) yeah it's now our only goal (laughs) i don't know and until next time i'm nathan i'm evan and i'm matt and go tech please don't die please to something else amik is from way down south louisiana i think he's from thibodeau yep. and yep. uh lil boosie has a song called no juice and <laughs> okay. i really think that i even though amik is alleged to have the juice we can't call him the juice because that's what they called oj simpson we just can't go down that road <laughs> yeah um hey he was acquitted so, <laughs> we're not gonna get into this <laughs> gtpd podcast exclusive <laughs> OJ <was> acquitted. <laughs> Instead of saying no juice, Tibidos. Oh my and gosh. Nope, nope. This wasn't getting cut to start with. It is now. Oh, man. <laughs>